Welcome, everyone. So happy to have you back for another episode of Deeper. This is actually our last episode for Module 2. We've talked about the land in Module 1, all its aspects, all the riches, all the goodness of the land. And in Module 2, we talked a little bit about how, how to enter into the good land, you know, how to get prepared, how to be ready. We touched life in the land, and we touched the issue, temple and the city. But today, we're going to cover the specific topic of entering the good land. There's a particular book in the Bible, and that's the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, that really talks about the children of Israel's experience of entering into the good land. They had to pass through just these certain set of experiences with this next generation leader. You know, Moses passed away, and now Joshua's here. And this experience that the children of Israel had from the New Testament perspective the Apostle Paul, he knew this story very well. From his point of view, the New Testament presents the reality of what happened in picture or in type in the Old Testament. So there's this verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 11. And the, the context is Paul is talking about the children of Israel's experience in the wilderness and their journey into the good land. Verse 11 says, Now these things happened to them, that is to the children of Israel, these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our admonition, unto whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, Paul's saying here, what happened to them is an example to us today. And so today in this podcast, we'd really like to focus not just on the historical experience or the things that happened to the children of Israel many, many years ago, but we want to focus on the application, or you could say on the experience side today for us of this picture. So today, to help us with this, we have two guests. My name is Diana. I'm happy to be with you guys for this last podcast on Deeper. And this is Lisa. Also happy to be with you guys. Diana and Lisa, it's so good to have you here as we jump into this wonderful topic, Hiram opened to us this Keep the Feast with this topic. And he had a very nice picture for us. I think so. Last Wednesday, he drew a picture for us just to help us visualize, but showing the children of Israel going from Egypt and into the wilderness where they wandered for a little bit and then finally into the good land. And then he reminded us that this actually relates to us today and we need to see a picture of ourselves first so we've talked about this before but first thessalonians 5 tells us that we have a body and a soul and a spirit and our body is to contact the physical realm all of our five senses and our soul is our psychological life which includes everything that we feel everything that we think all the decisions that we make day by day and then our spirit is where we're contacting God. So as Christians, we, we often spend a lot of time in our soul thinking about things. That's where we make all, our, of all, all of our decisions. But the goal with the speaking today is to get us to not just be in our soul, but to enter into our spirit, to press forward into our spirit. And so that was the journey that the children of Israel had to take. And this today, as New Testament Christians, that's what we're striving to do every day, right? Not just only to live in our soul every day, but to touch the Lord in our spirit, in the good land. 
Yeah, that's a good point that you brought out, Diana. With the children of Israel, their experience was more literal and linear. So after they left Egypt, they crossed the sea. They couldn't really go back to Egypt. They, they were in the wilderness. And same thing, they entered into the good land. But actually for us as believers, it's a little bit different, mainly because we are, our whole being is, the bod- is body, soul, and spirit. We can't really separate those. We can't just stop living completely in our soul and only in our spirit kind of thing. Um, so like Diana was saying, yeah, actually as believers, we still spend a lot of time in our soul. And we see that in the picture with the children of Israel in the wilderness. We know that they spent 40 years there, but I don't know if m- most people know, but actually that journey should have taken significantly less time. I think just maybe a few weeks for them to go from one end to the other, but then they spent so much time in there. So like Diana was saying earlier, that's our experience too. It's, it's normal that we would be in our soul because that's, that's what we do. We think, we have feelings, we make decisions, but at the same time, we still want to enter into the good land, which represents our spirit. Our spirit is where Christ is. And when we touch our spirit, he's everything to us. We can experience all these aspects that we've talked about Christ there. So what does that mean for us? I think it means that even though we're living our soul, actually we can, we can turn to our spirit. There was a song that we've been singing a lot of different times uh, during Rooted called Crossover. So we can cross over to our spirit. We can cross over to Christ. And I think Hiram mentioned his experience sometimes when he's driving, you know, he gets out of his spirit, but he can turn again. And I feel like that's the same experience that I had. And even when I was a college student, I remembered it's so easy for us to fall back into our soul, right? We're just so busy. We're bombarded with school, with our studies, with classes. And it's so easy to forget the Lord. But at any moment, we can just turn back to our spirit and touch him again. And that was something mm-hmm. that I, I got to experience a little bit when I was in school. I remember I just told the Lord, Lord, can you remind me of you? Because I want to live with you throughout my day. And he was actually so faithful to do that. There was this walk that I would have to make a lot of times through kind of like this quad area on campus. And I don't know, I just felt like the Lord was so faithful. It was like every time I left my class and had to walk through that quad, the Lord just reminded me of himself and I could just turn to him. I could just touch him again in the middle of my busy day. And so that can be our experience, just coming back again and again, day by day, even throughout the day, multiple times a day, we can just turn back to our spirit. just want to jump in. I think leaving Egypt, being in the wilderness and jumping into the good land for them took 40 years. But for us, we can experience this many times in a single day, Mm -hmm. in our experience, in a day-to-day kind of way. So the experience in Egypt corresponds with the experience perhaps in in our flesh or in our body. The experience in the wilderness with its, which is characterized by often by wandering and a long time often being thirsty, being needy. That's what, our, that's what we're like in our soul. doesn't matter if you're old or young, a guy or a girl. In, in a sense, we're all the same. But the place we're really intended to be is the good land, where mm-hmm. all the riches of Christ are. They're not in our body. They're not in our soul. They're in our spirit. I love the fact that this long period of time can be experienced many times even in a day. But one of the one of the key experiences 
which you could say it's one experience, but two from two aspects in height, was that the children of Israel, when they got out of Egypt and were separated from Egypt, they crossed over the Red Sea. And then now, right here at the beginning of Joshua, they're told that their entrance into the good land is going to involve another crossing over. This crossing over is a continuation, a richer, deeper experience of that of that first crossing over. Mm -hmm. This point, yeah, when Hiram is really precious to me, he said that the Lord may lead some in their life to get baptized a second time. That was actually my experience. So when I was 12, I received the Lord and I got saved and I got baptized. So you could say that was my time when I crossed the Red Sea. But after that, I did a lot of wandering. And especially in high school, I was just occupied with so many things. I kind of just threw myself into the world. Um, but I would still go to church meetings on the weekends. But I felt towards the end of my high school years, I just felt that I was living two different lives. I was someone in the world. And then I was pretending to be a good Christian in the meetings when I knew my living was just not that way. And so the Lord touched me by the end of my high school years. Like, how long do you want to live this way? Like, isn't this tiring that you have to pretend and be a certain way? And I, I even felt convicted that a lot of my high school friends may have not known that I was a Christian by my living. I didn't really like talking too much about the Lord or anything. So anyways, I had a big turn after my high school years. And then when I went to college, it was like a new beginning for me. I went far away from home where no one would knew me and I thought this is my time to start over so my freshman year of college I just fell in love with the Lord over again I felt like a new believer I was loving the church meetings reading my Bible it was just everything that I felt like I knew growing up it was becoming real to me and I started to bring my friends to meetings and speak to them about the Lord but during this time of my first two years anytime I would kind of progress positively in my Christian life I always felt accused or just condemned by the enemy and Satan would just bring up things in my past. Like, how can you call yourself a Christian? You did this, just passed in. And this would really, I would struggle with this a lot until my sophomore year, I went to the college retreat at Ivoryton, Connecticut, where some of you guys have probably gone. And in the first meeting, the Lord touched me to get baptized. And I was like, what? Like, the message was not about baptism, and I was like, am I making this up? Am I just hearing voices in my head? Anyway, so I fought the Lord that whole weekend, and I said, okay, if, if, they, if they make an announcement about baptism, I'll go up. And nothing was really said for that whole day until the afternoon. Someone was like, oh, yeah, so if anybody wants to get baptized, feel free to come up. And then I thought, okay, this was, I guess I need to go up <laughs> um, anyways and tell them I want to get baptized. But I just, the moment I went into that water, it was, everything was just, I was fully assured that verse in Colossians 2, that we have been buried therefore with Christ in baptism. It was such a real thing for me. And I, after that day, I was like, Satan, you can, you can speak all these things to me. You can bring up past ends, but I can point to that water and say that I buried my old self. I buried my past. Everything related to that has been gone. And so you ha if you have something to say to me, you need to take that up with the Bible. You need to take that up with the Lord. But that was instrumental in my going on in my Christian life after that. And I felt like I was almost 
giving myself again to the Lord to just give my whole life to him. So anyways, that was super precious to me. But I think the main thing was that I was appreciating that God wanted the children of Israel to do this, to remind them as a memorial, remember what I did. And even I want to go deeper with you into the good land. And I think that was my experience. And I think as all of us, whether or not we've been baptized twice or we, we got baptized once, which is, we only need one baptism to be saved, right? We, we can all experience this crossing of the Jordan by being reminded of God's word to us, that everything of us has been buried. There's no reason for us to not be able to go on. So yeah, that's just kind of my testimony about that. Wow. Thanks for sharing that testimony with us. That's so awesome. Diane, I really liked when you mentioned just being able to look back as a memorial and also just trusting in the Lord's word and how even for you, the experience was if Satan came to bother you. You could just say, Satan, you need to take that up with the Lord, with the Bible. And that's because we can depend on what the Lord's word says to us. And Mm -hmm. anyway, with the children of Israel, I think that was the same. They were also learning to just trust in what the Lord said. I think we'll touch on this later on, but Hiram brought up a few verses when he was speaking from Joshua 1, where the Lord was speaking and he said, I will. He said, I'm giving you this land. I will take you in this, take you into this land. I will be with you. And so we need to be those who are, who are trusting in the Lord's word because he's becoming everything to us. You see the experience of the good land. No longer is Christ just the manna for some of your meals or just water when you need it. But actually he's become this all-inclusive land. So that's our experience too, by trusting in the Lord and trusting in his word, we become dependent on him. And through this, we enjoy the good land. And actually this reminded me of a verse. It's from Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun in you a good work will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. That's the Lord's goal, right? He wants to bring us into the good land. So we just trust in him. We depend on him, believe in his word, and he will get us into that good land. That's right. He will do it. And we are learning how to trust the Lord's word in a big way in the sense of he will do it eventually, but also in a day-to-day way. I really appreciated Diana's experience and what you just shared, Lisa, in relation to you can point to something specific. There was something that happened. You could point even to a day, a place. Something happened there, and that's a a kind of a, a solid foundation. Now, when the Lord's Word comes, you've got something solid to grasp onto and to point when the enemy's Word comes to try to turn your trust from the Lord to maybe yourself or to something else. And there's this verse that I, I've been appreciating lately, or these few verses in Jeremiah 17, that talks about who we trust in or what we trust in. And there's a verse right before the verse that I want to mention that talks about the kind of person who trusts in man, or you could say who trusts in himself. He's a certain kind of a person. And the description is, he's like a little shrub in the desert. I don't want to be a little shrub in the desert. <laughs> I want to be what Jeremiah verse, I think it's verse 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord or who trusts in Jehovah and whose trust Jehovah is. 
and he will be like a tree transplanted beside water which sends out its roots by its stream so here's where we actually get that song i am a tree with roots by the river of living water actually that's where the verse comes from so this matter of being rooted and trusting in the lord really go together very well trusting in the lord isn't mustering up or trying harder to trust in someone actually trusting in the lord is drinking from the living water that that he is he's the living water we drink of him we receive from him actually another little picture is if i want to trust in someone i receive trust from them by getting to know them and interacting with them so I, this, i've been talking about this lately but i moved into a new house i have neighbors new neighbors and I, i'm getting to know my my neighbor across the street very nice family they've got two kids and i might hear from the other neighbors oh he's really nice he's really friendly and I might think, oh, well, I got I to gotta work hard to muster up some kind of trust in this nice family. Maybe someday their, their daughter will come babysit our kids. I've got to work really hard to trust. Well, actually, the more I spend time with them, the more I'm with them, they actually give me the trust. They actually show me, actually, they are reliable. They are someone I can trust my kids with. So actually, this matter of trust isn't us, you know, the Lord's word comes and, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really try hard to trust God's word. Actually, it's like a tree transplanted beside water. You're right there by the water. You're receiving from this flow. I don't want to be a, a little shrub in the desert. I want to be a tree transplanted beside water. This is a, I love this little picture about trusting the Lord's word. That's just a little, a little hint from Jeremiah, but we can, we can bring it back to the children of Israel. Whose word were they trusting? When they were scoping out the good land, some people came back with a report saying, this place is crazy. There's giants there, there's cities, they have huge walls. We can't do it. We can't do it. Let's go back. Let's go back to Egypt. There were two of them that had a, their, their response was, no, we're well able. Jehovah's on our side. We have, we're, we're, we're trusting in the Lord's word. I was just appreciating that. So there were some that saw the land and they were saying, oh no, it's, there's no way we can enter in. But then some remember God's word to them. And so I'm reminded of in Joshua 1 when they were speaking to the children of Israel and he says, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given to you. It says, I will be with you. No man will stand before you all the days of your life. I will not fail you nor forsake you. So he promises that the children of Israel will receive this land. And he says, I will, I will do all these things. And I think that's a good reminder to us that sometimes we may be in a situation we feel just like the children of Israel. We think, oh, no, how's the school you're going to go? It's going to be on Zoom because of the coronavirus. How am I going to do everything? But we have to be reminded of God's word. He promises us all these things, right? I will bring you into the good land. I will not forsake you. I will not leave you. So our response as Christians is just amen. We just amen the word. If God is promising this to us, then we stand on God's word, and that becomes our assurance and our trust. I think, I mean, nowadays, it's, it's even hard for me to read something on the internet and think, is this trustworthy? Is this information reliable? Who do I listen to? But God's word stands forever, right? It says, the, in Isaiah, the grass withers, the flower fades, but God's word is forever. So the only trustworthy thing I think we have now is God's word. <laughs> 
God's word will never forsake you. He will never fail you. And I think this is an encouragement to me. I think this is what I need to practice going into this year, not, not looking at all the things that look impossible, but just trusting that God is our captain and he's leading us into victory. He's leading the battle for us. All we have to declare is that he's done everything already. I like that. He's our captain leading us into battle. He's already done everything. So actually, that's a perfect picture of what their first encounter with the city in the good land looked like. The first city they come to after they get into the land, they cross the river, is the city of Jericho. And this is a story you're probably familiar with. But there's some details that are really enlightening, really interesting. One of the first ones is that Jericho was completely closed up. It was shut so tight because of the children of Israel so that no one would come in or go out. And the instructions are kind of interesting from the Lord, from the captain. And the instructions are to circle the city one time each day for six days with the priests in the front. And they're holding a horn, a ram's horn, like a trumpet. And then on the seventh day, they're to do the same thing, walk around the city, but seven times. And at the end of the seventh time, it says, then the priests will blow the trumpet, they'll blast the ram's horn, and when you hear it, all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then this is awesome. And the wall of the city will fall down flat. It's amazing. The, the destruction is so complete. And the taking of the city, it was almost as if they didn't even have to fight. What an interesting battle strategy. They go, they walk around the city, just like they're commanded to walk all over the land. And then they're told when the trumpet sounds, the sound of victory is there, then shout. And I'm sure their shouts weren't just empty words. It was, Jericho's ours! Or, Praise Jehovah, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Or he will bring us up all the way in. Something that was declaring the Lord's victory. Their victory was enjoying and declaring and proclaiming Jehovah's victory. So when we face our Jericho, our fight is to be silent. That was also one of the other commandments that they weren't to speak during the time they were walking around the city. No murmuring, no complaining not like they were in the wilderness. Here when they're fighting the battle, taking a city, fighting the enemy, no complaining or murmuring was tolerated. No, no complaining, no more complaining, or joy maintaining. Anyways, the fight was to not murmur, to not complain, and at the right time just proclaim the Lord's victory. Isn't that amazing? That is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, if you if you see the story of Jericho, we would wonder, so so what what does it mean? Why did they have to battle? Well, anyway, there were a lot of other people living in this good land. And so even though God had already given the children of Israel this good land, they actually had to go in and, and take it. They had to go and possess it, and they did this by fighting all these people. And actually, that's a picture also of our experience. We know that Christ wants us to enter into the good land for our spirit, to enjoy all that he is. But actually, while we try to do that, 
there will be so many frustrations in the way. One big factor is Satan. He doesn't want us to enjoy Christ. He doesn't want us to enjoy the good land. He'd be happy if we were just wandering in the wilderness in our soul all the time. So as soon as we try to, to exercise our spirit, to touch the Lord, he'll do something, you know. Maybe it's just a feeling of, of not wanting to touch the Lord. Or sometimes outward situations happen. I think all of us have experienced some degree of something like this. But actually, just like the children of Israel, our victory over the enemy and over, you know, all these people in the land, uh, these tribes that are trying to stop us, is actually our declaration of Christ's victory. So instead of us murmuring and complaining about our situation, actually what we can do is we just praise the Lord. I don't know if any of you guys have tried that, but I've done that a couple times and I was honestly really surprised. I had heard that what gets us out of ourselves and our situation is by by turning to the Lord and praising him. But part of me still didn't, didn't believe it. But anyway, I would really recommend this to all of you. When you're stuck in a situation, just try it. Just turn, stop thinking about your situation and just go to the Lord. And I've just found in my experience, when I praise the Lord, thank the Lord, something just happens. It's almost, it's so mysterious, but I'm just above the situation, you know, the situation's not necessarily completely gone, but I'm, I'm above it. It's like the walls came down on the people of Jericho. That's, that's what we need to believe in. We need to believe in what the Lord says. We have faith. And just like the children of Israel, those people will be defeated and we can come and enjoy Christ as the good land. Yeah. That's an awesome point. I love that you said that our fighting in this battle is just our declaration of the Lord's victory. I mean, I've never been interested in enlisting for the army. I'm a total chicken when it comes to that. But if there's a battle that I want to be in, this is the one that I want. <laughs> because the Lord has already won the victory. And our, our fighting, we don't, the children of Israel didn't need guns, ammunition. All they needed to bring was a trumpet to declare God's victories. And so that's, yeah, that's the battle. I want to be on God's side in this battle. And I just appreciate even Lisa sharing about praising the Lord. I think, I don't think I do this enough. And I, I realized if I did this more, my Christian life would probably be on a whole other plane. But it, she made me think of that verse in 2 Corinthians 4.13, having the same spirit of faith, according to that which is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. So all of God's words that he wrote to us, it's a promise. And we should just speak. The more that we speak, the more that we believe. Carlos earlier was talking about having trust and, and faith in somebody. And Romans 10:17 says, so faith comes out of hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Sometimes maybe we don't have someone to speak it to us, but we can speak the word back to ourselves. If we're in a situation we're in the pits. We can just declare Jesus is Lord, regardless of what's happening. God is on the throne. He is my captain. And the more that we speak the word, the more that we believe, the more that faith is infused into us. And we just become those who are praising the Lord. Once you see that God has done everything, then there's nothing left for us than, than just to praise the Lord. So praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, awesome. If you don't feel like you, you know enough or you see enough that you can praise the Lord, 
the first thing to do is keep eating, keep advancing. And the second thing you could do is say, Lord, I'd, I'd like to praise you. I, I really do. I want to. I want to declare your victory. But can you open my eyes a little bit to show me that you've actually defeated the enemies already? Mm. I'd like to, because when we see that glorious picture, then the result of it, we'll just, we'll just shout, and, hallelujah, he did it. He's giving us the land. But we don't always feel like that. So it's, it's okay. You can ask the Lord, Lord, open my eyes to see a little bit more that you really are the victorious Christ who's leading us, all your people, all corporately together into victory upon victory. And are, we're those who are learning to drink of the living water, to take the Lord as our trust, and eventually, he's the one who keeps us, not only gets us little by little, but keeps us in the good land, which is our spirit, or at least which we can access in our spirit. But what a wonderful future. What a wonderful destiny. Our trajectory is better and better, higher and higher, more Christ, more land, less enemies, more victory. That's the way we're heading. Although it's kind of sad that we're going to have to end this podcast and module two i think this is a fitting way to end all of rooted module two and our pursuit in gaining this all-inclusive christ who is the reality of the good land it's good to end on a very high note of praising the lord for his victory and being full of faith and full of encouragement that we are well able to take this good land because he's leading us, he's bringing us on, and he's already won the victory. Praise the Lord! So thank you, Diane and Lisa, for enriching our fellowship today. And on their behalf, I would like to thank you, again, our listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Deeper. I'd like to remind you and invite you to our website, nechristiansoncampus.com, to check out our other resources, our other podcasts, to stay updated with our information and to submit any questions you might have related to this podcast, uh, the general topic, or, or any questions in, that you might have that we could respond to. Also, I'd like to bring to your attention that these podcasts and some more wonderful resources are now available on a new application. The name of the app is Get Rooted that you can find on Google Play or on the Apple Store. Please check it out, and please give us some feedback. We're really looking forward to hearing from our users and our listeners. And thank you so much again for tuning in to this last episode. May the Lord bless you and encourage us all to continue pressing on to enter into this good land.